Pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Well, if you're, uh, welcome, Facebook family. Glad you could join us this morning. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Proverbs 4, 23. We'll begin reading there. This will be in the New Living Translation. It says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The King James Version says, for out of it are the issues of life, or flow the issues of life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Uh, and a lot of times we think it's talking about us speaking corruptly, but it actually includes both us speaking corruptly and us listening to corrupt speech. So we're to stay away from that, both speaking it and hearing it. Then he said, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. In other words, focus. Mark out a straight path for your feet and then stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Follow Jesus and the leading of his spirit and you won't follow evil. You won't get off your path. You'll be on a safe path. When you stick with the word, amen? So I'd like to talk to you this morning about guarding our hearts. And I'm not talking about putting on a bulletproof vest and, and protecting the, the physical fleshly pumper that pumps blood to your veins. I'm talking about your inner man, your very spirit, the center of your being. And I know a lot of Christians are disappointed right now because of certain things that took place or because of certain things that didn't take place. I think it's more, uh, we're more disappointed about the things that didn't take place more than we are of the things that did take place. But one thing I've noticed that most of our disappointment lies in that more than it does the other. And the things that uh, they had high expectations for. And some have even lost heart and they want to throw the towel in. They want to give up. They're tired of fighting but, you know, the, the word says, to, don't be weary in well-doing, because in due time you shall reap. Amen? And so we can't get weary in well-doing. We can't get weary in praying. We can't get weary in reading the word and sharing the test, the, our testimony and, and the gospel. And I've even heard people say that if something doesn't happen by January 20th, then it's all over and we might as well just give up and just go with the flow. But I just want to let you in on a little secret. God don't give a flying flip about our little calendar. God's not on our timetable, and God doesn't pay any attention to the calendar. Amen? He's got his own timetable. He has his own way of doing things. And just because it doesn't happen, something doesn't happen when you think it should happen, doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. It doesn't mean that it's over. Amen? So we, we just have to be careful how we think and how we speak in these days and times. But I'll tell you this, what you're feeling has a lot to do with what you've been listening to and what you've been allowing into your heart, the center of your being. 
Uh, have you ever heard the saying that you can't believe everything you hear? Or be careful of half-truths because you might have got a hold of the wrong half? And that's what happens to a lot of us. You know, we're hearing things that aren't true, and uh, we're, we're only hearing half of the story, and we're taking that half in, and it's the wrong half of the story. We haven't heard the whole story yet. We haven't seen the, the big picture yet. Amen? But I know one thing. Uh, I, I believe we come to a place in our country where uh, there's so much lying and deception going on that it's hard to tell what's true and what isn't true anymore. And, uh, you know, we've been listening to the news and social media outlets, and uh, we don't know what to believe anymore. And I'll tell you, there's some good news uh, media out there and news companies, and there's some bad news media company, you know. And, and that's the way it's going to be in life. Uh, there's good doctors, bad doctors, good lawyers, bad lawyers, good mechanics, bad mechanics, good preachers, bad preachers. There's always the good and the bad and everything in between. And so we have, we have to have a spirit of discernment to let us know when something is bad and something is good. And we have to know what to allow into our ears because it could go into our hearts. And so we have to be careful. And I know the lines are, are more blurred now than they've ever been. But there's so much lying and misrepresentation of the truth that it's becoming harder and harder for people to recognize the truth. We need a spirit of discernment. And here, here's the thing about it is uh, not everything needs to be discerned. Some things I could tell is wrong without, without even discerning it. As soon as I hear it, I know it's wrong. But then there's other things because they say if you mix 80% truth with 20% of a lie, people will buy the lie. And that's true. I find that to be true. The devil even does that. He mixes a little truth with something to get you to accept the lie, to get you to swallow the lie. And so that's what we're hearing sometimes. Well, it sounded good. I mean, I know that to be a fact because and this and that. But you know what? You're missing the 20% that's the lie, the thing that he wants you to swallow. And so uh, there's a lot of that going on. And it's affecting us in a negative way. Amen. And, and, you know, I can't believe the number of lies that we're hearing and the half-twisted truths that are being pushed all in the news and in the government and on our uh, social media sites. And it even shames me to say it, but also in the, in the church, there's half-truths being presented in the church as well as some bold-faced lies. And these are some of the things that we shouldn't even need to discern, but yet... We're missing it. We're, we're swallowing it hook, line, and sinker. You know, I, I could halfway understand if you get 80% truth and uh, they slip a little lie in there and you swallow it with the truth. I can understand that. But when they tell you 100% lie that goes against the, the scriptures and goes against God's will, you have to know right up front that that's wrong. And if you don't, there's something wrong. Amen. It doesn't take discernment for that. It takes discernment. To, to weed out the 20%, that's the lie. And, you know, Brother Hagin, you say, eat the hay and spit out the sticks. And that's what we have to do. You know, we have to eat the hay and spit out the sticks. Take in the truth and spit out the lies. And that takes discernment. Amen. Uh, you know, I looked up deception in the, in the, the dictionary. Oh, wait a minute. First of all, I looked it up in Wikipedia. Wikipedia, <laughs> and uh, let me find that here, because I wrote it down. 
somewhere. Hallelujah. Well, I can't find where I wrote it down. Maybe I thought I wrote it down. But, <laughs> but anyway, I mean, we're misinterpreting scriptures, taking them out of context and twisting them to say something that would fit our narrative uh, rather than tell the truth about it. And, and we wanted to support uh, what we're saying is something that is self-serving because that's what it is when, when you... Uh, twist things is it's self-serving you're twisting it so that uh, it fits with what you're trying to say what you're trying to believe your narrative and and, and I'm gonna tell you it's coming from the pulpits and the pews yeah I thought you'd be quiet on that one it ain't just coming from the pulpits and determining the truth is becoming more and more difficult than it's ever been because people are listening to too many voices and, and, you know, one is saying this, one is saying that. But let me ask you this. What is God saying? What does God have to say about these things? This is the one we should be listening to and we should be concerned with. Uh, the psalmist said that for the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. That's who we should be listening to. What's God have to say? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light or life. And that means that he's not a way, a truth, or a life. He is the, the truth. And so if you want to know the real truth, you have to know Jesus, and you have to know the Word, because Jesus is the Word manifested in the flesh. And, and uh, the thing that sets us apart from the world is the truth. We have the truth available to us. Well, everybody has the truth available to, to them, but some people just ignore it or they don't want to hear the truth. You know, like Jack Nicholson said that time in the movie, you, don't, you can't handle the truth. And a lot of people can't handle the truth because it doesn't fit their narrative. It doesn't fit with what they want to believe. And it doesn't fit with what the group they're hanging with wants to believe. But even when we know the truth in our heart, we somehow lie, allow lies and deceptions to, to sink in, to sneak in, to enter in. And, and when that happens, it blurs the lines of reason to the point that we don't even realize when we've crossed the line. And we're repeating something that isn't, isn't even true. And, and there's too many Christians walking in this type of deception. Wikipedia defines deception as an act of beguilement, deceit, or bluff to propagate things that are not true. In other words, like I said, it's self-serving. People are trying to uh, get their side of the story across or trying to get you to side with them or trying to get you to believe in their narrative, and they know it's a lie. And, and, and we're falling for and embracing lies, and that shouldn't be amongst us. I looked up deception also. In the dictionary, I guess the Wikipedia and the dictionary are kind of different. I don't know exactly why, but they are. And there were, I don't know, 50 words to describe deception. So I had to choose one. I didn't want to just repeat all of them. And the one I chose was misrepresentation because I think that describes deception the best. Uh, I think it's an accurate description because when you re misrepresent the truth, you are actually doing it to deceive somebody. And uh, lying is your highest form of deception. And, and people think it's okay to just, well, I didn't really lie. Yeah, but you omitted 
part of the truth. You held back. And even though you didn't say it, it's just as big a lie as if you did say it. Why? Because you concealed something. And, and, and the reason you concealed it is because you wanted to be deceptive about it. You wanted to mislead somebody by what you omitted to say or what you didn't want to say. So, you know, don't just define a lie by what comes out of your mouth. A lie can also be the things that don't come out of your mouth but stayed in your heart and you knew you should have told And when you exaggerate or stretch the truth or downplay or minimize certain aspects of the truth, it's for the purpose of deception. You're doing it because you want to deceive somebody. And the devil is the master of deception because he's the master of lies. Uh, He's good at lying. He's good at concealing the truth. He's good at minimizing and omitting things that he knows you need to know so that you can properly discern. And Jesus said in John 8, 44, there is no truth in the devil, and he is a liar and the father of it. So he's the father of lies. He's the originator of lies. And so Jesus also said in John 8, 31 and 32, that if we're doers of the word, this is the part that a lot of people miss. uh, He says, uh, if you do the word and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free or set you free. And so we have to remember that and is a conjunctive word. In other words, it joins what he said here with what he said down here. And if you don't do what he said up here, you don't get what he said down here. So if you're not a doer of the word, you're not going to be, you're not going to know the truth and it's not going to set you free. It's the truth that sets us free. And so uh, If the truth sets us free, then what does a lie do? It puts us in bondage. It makes us less free, less liberated. And the more truth you know, the freer you will be. I don't know if that's a word or not, but it works for me. So the more time we spend listening to lies and deceptions, the less time we spend in God's word, the less time we spend in prayer, the less time we spend in meditation, and the less time we spend in liberty and freedom. So knowledge of the truth is powerful and it's liberating. So we should never allow lies and deceptions to enter our hearts. Because if it enters your heart, it's eventually going to come out. One preacher said it like this, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaketh. Sooner or later, it's going to leak out of your mouth. Why? Because it was in your heart. And if you're saying, if if you got lies and darkness coming out of your heart, them are not issues of life. Amen. Amen. And so them, them things need to be purged. And then, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So the best thing to do is keep them from entering in. And I know that's hard to do unless you have discernment. Because discernment will keep them from coming in. Uh, and if we spend more time in the truth, less time in the news and social media, you'll be freer than you've ever been. I've proven this in my own life. I, I took a week off of Facebook. I only went on there to promote something on the uh, church's Facebook page or something like that. I didn't listen to all the garbage. I didn't look at all the news feeds or any of that stuff. And I'm telling you, I felt like a different person by the end of that week. And now I just pop on and off every now and then. I don't spend very much time on there at all. And I notice the more I do that, the freer I get. And I'm not just saying stay off of Facebook. I'm saying stay off of Facebook and get in the word. Amen. Replace it with the word of God. And so the more time we spend in the word, the more able we'll be 
uh, to discern lies and deceptions that are trying to come in on every, on every front. And not only that, but we can expose them, correct them, so that we can be the witness that we need to be. And, uh, you know, we have a vast advantage over the world in the lies and deceptions that are being perpetuated on us right now because the one thing we have as believers is what the Bible calls the spirit of truth abiding in us. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world telling all the lies. We have the, the spirit of truth, the mighty Holy Ghost abiding in us. And he's there to help us discern what's true and what's not true. But we got to call on him. We got to ask him. You know, uh, my wife calls me a know-it-all sometimes. And, and you know, we know that, that nobody knows it all except the one that's living inside of you. He's a real know-it-all. He knows everything. Mark Hankins says the Holy Ghost is a genius, and he's living in you. But how many times do you ask him something? I, I, I'm not saying don't go to a dictionary or Wikipedia. That would make me a hypocrite because I, I just quoted both of them this morning. But how about going to him for some information once in a while? How about asking him some questions? He knows more than the super... Highway internet thing. He knows more than Wikipedia and all the encyclopedias put together. And he's living inside of you. The Apostle John said in John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth, he's talking about the Holy Ghost, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. Now, do you think he's been hearing things on social media? you think he's been hearing things on the news? No, he's been hearing things that are coming directly from the throne of God. Amen. So if he tells us what he's been hearing, he's going to be telling us what God has been saying. Yeah. Amen. Amen. He will tell you about the future, John said. Well, the spirit of truth came on the day of Pentecost. Acts 2 and 1 through 4 tells us when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Boy, I'm telling you, if the church ever gets together in one accord and in unity in one place, there won't be anything that we couldn't do. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. That was the Holy Ghost. He's not a wind. He came in like a wind. And then there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat on each of them. Everyone in the house at that time, the 120 that were up in the house at that time, all got filled with the Holy Ghost because that's what that flame represented. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So when the Holy Spirit came to the earth on that day of Pentecost, he started the church and he empowered all the believers to get it going. Amen. And so if you're a born-again child of God, then the spirit of truth is living inside of you because it came into you when you confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and you became a child of God. He came in and he regenerated your spirit. He's in there now. I know there's another, uh, another uh, experience subsequent to being saved and the Holy Spirit coming in to dwell with you, and it's called being filled with the Spirit. That's another story, but it's being overflowed with the Spirit. Amen? Filled with the Spirit to overflowing, and, and, and that's evidenced by the speaking in other tongues as He gives you the utterance to do it. 
But if you're born again, you have the spirit of discernment in you. And if we look to him, he will help us discern what's true and what isn't true. And what we should do and what we shouldn't do. He'll tell us what he heard God say. Because John said he'll tell us what he's heard. He's only heard from God. But in the meantime, until that truth is revealed, let's be careful to what we're listening to and who we're listening to. And let's be extra careful about what we allow into our spirit. The mind is a discerner. But it's, it's, it's more fleshly than it is spiritual. But when something comes into your ear, it doesn't go immediately into your heart. When you see something with your eyes, which is the gateway to the soul, it doesn't go immediately into your heart. It goes into your mind. And you have some reasoning powers in your mind. You know, the brain is a powerful thing. And you can reason within your mind and figure out what is true and what isn't true. And if it's not true, you can cast it down. And how do you do it? By comparing it with the word. Well, they said this. What does the word say? They don't line up. They don't compute. So you can cast that down as a vain imagination. It never gets into your heart. But if you decide that it's okay, it's probably true, and you let it into your heart, that's a whole nother level. And you got to be real careful because you're supposed to guard your heart. Amen. Because out of your heart is supposed to be uh, supposed to flow the issues of life, not death, not darkness, life. So uh, if if we look to him, he'll tell us what's true and what's not true. Ask him. He'll tell you. I, 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 I'd even go out on a limb here and say that. He wants you to ask him some things. He wants to have conversation with you. He wants fellowship with you. He wants you to get to know him better. He knows everything about you. But we don't know enough about him. And we have to get to the place that we trust that still small voice that's on the inside of us. He's not a raging fire. He's not a windstorm. He's not an earthquake. He's a still small voice. And he'll tell you in a still small voice what you need to hear. But if it's a still, small voice, a quiet voice, then that means that you have to be still once in a while so you can hear him. We're so busy, we can't hear him. We're, we're, we're in a whirlwind all the time. Sometimes you just got to stop and say, hey, let's evaluate some things here. Uh, Holy Ghost, it's me and you. I need to know this. I need to know that. He'll talk to you. He'll commune with you. So, there, you know, there's a lot of deception out there right now. And like I said, we've got to be careful what we allow into our hearts. Uh, if it's in your mind, it's easier to deal with. But when it gets in your heart, it's kind of hard. And we can allow things into our hearts that will deceive our hearts. Your heart can be deceived. Your heart can be condemned. You know, when you've got lies coming out of your mouth all the time, and then you say, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed because you're sick, your heart don't know what to believe. Well, they've been lying so much, I don't know if that's true or not. And so your, your heart will condemn you. Uh, and, and when that happens and you feel condemned, then you have a hard time even going before God. You know, when my children disobeyed and, and they did things that they knew were wrong and they were waiting for dad to get home from work, they were, they were feeling condemned. And, and they knew when I come home from work, it would not be a good time to ask me for ice cream. Because they were condemned. They wouldn't come to me. As a matter of fact, I say, what'd they do? Because usually they met me at the door. 
And then when they didn't meet me at the door, I'd ask Pastor Ed, what'd they do? Because they're sitting in their room or something. They're hiding. Adam was hiding. Why? He felt condemned. He felt guilty because he knew he did something wrong. And that's the way kids are, and that's the way we are. If the devil can get you to feel condemned, if he can get your heart to condemn you especially, it will keep you from going to daddy and asking him for ice cream. Amen, every time. So, you know, there's certain social media platforms, and I... Trying not to mention any names here, but there's certain social media platforms that are putting some real junk out there, and, and some of it is coming from Christians and good people. And we have to be careful what we're reading. And, and you just can't trust somebody because they say they're a Christian or they say they're a conservative. Uh, there's people out there fishing for information as well. And, and we've heard a lot of things and read a lot of things and listened to videos. That really sounded good to us, and we even shared some of them. I'm guilty. But they turned out to be false narratives. You know, uh, you ever hear that song, Time? Uh, Well, you know, time reveals everything. Well, how do you know if he's a false prophet or not? Well, first of all, you can discern it. And uh, what are the other prophets saying about what that prophet said? But, But if nothing else, the best test is time. Because if his prophecy doesn't come to pass, then that means it wasn't true. It was, uh, and, and I'm not downgrading prophets. I'm not saying he was a false prophet because they're human. They can miss it. But that means that he missed it on that one. Uh, and I'm not talking about any prophecies concerning the stuff that's going on right now. That's far from being over yet. And, and when, when you judge a prophecy, you got to make sure it's the right time to judge it. Because you think that, you know, well, if it doesn't happen by January 20th, he's a lying prophet. (laughs) And and that's not always the case. Because like I said, God don't care about your calendar. He don't care about your clock either. He might clean it, as a matter of fact. And, And, you know, I could tell you some of these things that we heard and read and passed around. But I think you know what I'm talking about. And it wouldn't do any good to rehash them. But. If you're in anything like me, as you look back on it and realize that uh, how far-fetched and deceptive it was, it, it almost shames you to think that you believed it or you, because uh, now, uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but uh, back then you swallowed hook, line, and sinker, but now it's like, what was I thinking? I mean, that is so far-fetched, I shouldn't even bid on that one, you know? And uh, just like myself, I'm usually pretty good at discerning the truth. But I have to admit, I got sucked in on a few things myself, even, even shared a few things that I look back on them now. I wish I didn't, but I did because they proved out to be totally false because, uh, you know, uh, the time it was supposed to happen or whatever is coming, gone, is long gone. And so it didn't happen like it was supposed to happen. And I, I don't really believe it's going to happen. But... Uh, I should have known better than to, to believe it and share it. But I'm human too. And so I asked the Lord why I fell so easily for those things and why I believe some of the different narratives when uh, in the face of everything now it was obvious that it wasn't true. And this is what I feel that he showed me. I didn't have a visitation. I didn't hear an audible voice, but that still small voice in your, in your heart 
uh, spoke to me and told me what he, what he said. And, uh, and I'm sure there's more than one reason, more than the reason that he gave me, but I believe the main reason that he gave me, and I believe those things, is because above all else, I really wanted them to be true. I wanted them to be true so bad that I opened my heart to them and sucked it all in. And, and it was because I really had a desire for them to happen. And, and you know, uh, sometimes we think the Lord is chastising us, rebuking us, or something like that. I'm telling you, he was so gentle with me that, uh, and so loving with it. I, I, I didn't feel condemned about it at all. And a matter of fact, he showed me that uh, what I felt and what I acted upon was actually a form of hope. I mean, he said, you know, in a way... You were just hoping, and there's nothing wrong with hope. And uh, so I looked up the definition of hope, and it says, a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen, a person or thing that may help or save someone. And that's exactly what I was looking for. And a lot of you are looking for it too. But the only thing is, we put that faith or that hope in a person. And there's only one Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. And yet we look for men to be a Savior of some sort because, you know, not a Savior of our souls or anything, but a Savior of uh, the circumstances and the things that we desire so much to be so. And when you're in that place where you're so hungry for something to happen and you desire for it to happen so much, you open yourself up for deception. And it's innocent. You know, I mean, you just... You're just hoping. And so you're looking for a savior, but we looked in the wrong direction. And, uh, you know, hope will give us grounds for believing something good may happen. And that's really what I was guilty of, is looking forward to something good happening. And uh, the things I fell for and so easily accepted were those things that gave me reason to hope. You know, who was it, Casey, the, bad, the baseball player, he said, hope springs eternal in the human breast, you know. And, and there's always hope in your heart that's ready to spring out as soon as you hear something that activates that hope, you know. And uh, it's not necessarily true what you heard. So the things I would have liked to see happen or desired to see happen, wanted to see happen, is exactly what these people were talking about. And it gave me hope, but it was a false sense of hope. And maybe some of you experienced the same thing. I don't know. But we had high expectations for a lot of things. And when they didn't happen the way or the time that we thought they should have, it really devastated us and it disappointed us to the point where we lost all hope. And that's dangerous because the Bible tells us hope deferred makes the heart sick. When your hope has been deferred or you've lost your hope, the result is a sick heart. And everybody knows that feeling, you know, when something that you desire to happen so bad and it didn't happen, you get that sinking feeling in your heart, your stomach. And, and I know we're all familiar with it, but it's called disappointed. And it's because I put my hope in the wrong person, in the wrong thing. The psalmist wrote this in Psalms 42 and 5. I love this. 
Uh, and this justifies my talking to myself from time to time. He says, why are you cast down, O my soul, my inner self, my heart? He's talking to himself. He's saying, self, why are you cast down? Why are you so sad? Why are you so disappointed? And why should you moan over me? He's talking to his soul, moaning over him, his physical body. And be disquieted with me, out of sorts with me. And then he tells us what to do. He says, put your hope in God and wait expectantly for him. Put your hope in God and wait expectantly for him. For I shall yet praise him and help is from my God. So in other words, if I put my expectations in him and wait, even past January 20th, if I have to, if I put my expectations in him and wait, then I'll have something to praise him about. So something is going to happen that's going to give us cause to praise him and know that our help came from God and not from a man. Now, God can use a man. God can use a woman. There's no doubt about it. That's how he works 99% of the time in the earth is through somebody. We're God's hands. We're God's feet. We're God's eyes. We're God's mouth. If he wants to do something on the earth, he'll use us. But then there's sometimes that he just has to do something himself, and he does it in such a way that nobody could ever deny that it was God, and, they, and there's no way that they could give credit to a man. Now, God's a lot of things, but I'll tell you one thing he, he, he is is jealous. And he's not going to share his glory with any man. As a matter of fact, if you read your Bible, especially in the Old Testament, when those kings started getting too much of God's glory, he put them out in the field, had them walking on all fours, eating grass and growing long nails and just all kinds of stuff. He'd give them worms. He'd give them leper. God don't share his glory. And so he don't want us seeking his glory in a man. Amen? So when we find ourselves hopeless, faithless, and angry, it's because we put our trust in the wrong things. Because when they don't happen, they make you mad. They make you angry. They make you allow things into your heart that don't belong there. And eventually they come out in, in a form of anger or uh, darkness or something that doesn't need, it shouldn't be coming out of our hearts. And the real cause for that is because we allowed those things in our heart. They didn't have to be there. And that's why discernment is so important. Discernment is like a gatekeeper for your heart. You know what a gatekeeper is? He guards the gate. He doesn't let certain things in, and he only lets certain things out. And that's kind of what discernment is. It's a gatekeeper. He'll keep the bad things out, the good things in. He'll release good things or open the gates to good things when it's time for them to come out. But he closes the gates to the bad things. That's what discernment is. And... and Job was asked this question by one of his three so-called friends that came to comfort and console him, which they did the exact opposite. And we should ask ourselves the same question. In Job 15, 12, and 13, he says, Why does your heart carry you away? Why allow yourself to be controlled by feelings? And why do your eyes flash in anger or contempt? That you turn your spirit against God and let such words as you have spoken 
go out of your mouth. Now, the one thing I want you to know is that you're in control of all this stuff. Why did you? Why did you lit? And so on. I mean, has anyone experienced these feelings besides me? I know because of the things, some of the things I allowed into my heart, there were times when I lit them out in anger. And that shouldn't ought to be. And, you know, there's so much anger and contempt and even hatred coming from people. And in the process, some of them are even turning from God. That's what Job said, or his friend. And, like, you know, when you turn from love, you've turned from God. Because God is love. And, and the problem is we see it in a lot of churches as well. I mean, pastors are biting at pastors. Ministers are biting at ministers. Brothers and sisters are biting at brothers and sisters. And, you know, the Bible tells us be careful when you bite and consume because you can get consumed the same way. You can get bitten the same way. And, and pastors and ministers are saying things that they should have never said. And it's because of the things that they allowed in their heart that should have been discerned and rejected. The gate should have been slammed shut on those things. And I've done it myself. I'm not above none of this stuff. And, and how do I know they came from the heart? Because Jesus said that the things that proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. And uh, he said, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts uh, and just a whole bunch of ugly stuff and nasty things can come from the heart. And, and for the most part, it's coming from a lot of Christians' hearts, and it's because it's in the heart. And they allowed it into the heart. And there's things that we can't allow in because, like I said earlier, they're going to leak out. They're going to come out. And uh, you know as well as I do, we had a... A well-known pastor right here in Louisville recently say some things that he should have never said. And, and now he's being crucified for it. And for the most part, it's Christians that are driving the nails. And, and you know, we know him personally. Uh, pastor Ed and I, we've been to his church many times, talked to him in person. We know for a fact he's a great pastor. He's a great man. He's a great man of God. But he's an example of exactly what I'm talking about this morning. He allowed things into his heart, and he got caught up in the hype of, uh, as many of us have, and he's allowed some things into his heart that he shouldn't have, and all of a sudden now they come out. And they come out with, you know, that flash of anger in the eyes and everything. And, and well, you know what that makes him? It starts with H. Human. It makes him human. And uh, it could happen to you. It could happen to me. We get caught up in these things. We get very, very passionate about some things. And the next thing you know, we let them rip. And uh, we need to recognize that when it happens. Uh, because the last I heard was, I don't know, day, day before or something. Because like I said, I haven't been looking at the news that much or social media. And the last I heard, he was defending his position. That's not good. I mean, I pray that he just repents, humbles himself, gets it behind him, and I pray that he realizes what he said. And I'm not going to repeat it. I'm not going to give the devil glory or give him any air time. Uh, but what he said wasn't even biblical. He shouldn't have said it. And I know that he knows in his heart, because like I said, he's been a pastor for many years. He's a good man. He's got a good heart. 
and I know that he knows it's wrong, and there might be just a little bit of spiritual pride in there right now that's keeping him from just saying, hey, I missed it. Uh, you know, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, and now he's saying what he meant and all this. No, just say what I said was wrong. I'm sorry for it. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be more careful in the future. And, and because that's one of the things that opened up my eyes and made me realize that uh, it doesn't mean that you stop telling the truth. We still have to tell the truth. We still have to walk in the truth. But, you know, it, it's 90% of it is how you say it. If you get that flash of anger in your eyes and the darkness comes pouring out of your heart, then you're in the wrong spirit. You need to correct that. Amen? And uh, we're supposed to speak the truth, but we're supposed to speak it in love. And uh, he allowed things into his heart that he shouldn't have, and it finally came out of his mouth, and it came out in the form of anger. And so that's what he needs to repent from, I believe. That's, my, that's what I would do. Uh, 1 John 2.11 says, But he that hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and knows not where he's going because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. And sometimes we allow darkness into our hearts and it blinds us. We don't see when we're doing something wrong. We don't see when we're saying something wrong. There's an old Chinese proverb that says, Better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. And so we're not here to curse the darkness or sin. We're here to light a candle to expose darkness, expose sin, and allow our witness to shine through. And, and we're supposed to allow that candle to guide us through the darkness because, you know, there's darkness all around us. We walk in darkness all the time, but we're not dark. We have a light, and it lights our path. We, we know where it's going. And, and, you know, light represents truth sometimes and revelation. So we're to walk in truth and we're to walk in the revelation of God's word. And John 8, 12 said, I am the light of the world, Jesus said. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The 23rd Psalm tells us, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. So we're... We, we have, we're walking in shadows. They're all around us. We're walking in death. It's all around us. But we're not in death. We're not in darkness. Amen. It's around us. So we stick to the word. We stick to Jesus. And we'll do just fine. Amen. But we find ourselves walking in darkness when we stop walking with the word. When we stop following Jesus and start following other things like the latest blog, the latest Facebook post, the latest tweet, the latest video, the latest email we receive. And we start following those things instead of Jesus, and that's what gets us in trouble. Jesus said that you are the light of the world. And then he said, let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So when our light is shining and we're doing good works, they're showing forth, God gets glory from it. But if our light ain't shining, he don't get no glory, not from us. Amen. And uh, we're to bring that light into the world and disperse darkness with it. 
And, you know, I've told you this before. If we turned these lights off and there was no light coming in through the window, it would be pitch dark in here. But one little match, and I'd be able to see everybody in this room, just one little match. So this little light of mine, <laughs> we got to let it shine. Amen. We don't put it under a bushel. We put it up on a lampstand so it will light the whole house. We don't hide this light. We set it on a hill. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And that's what we're supposed to be. And if we're not and we're blending in with the darkness because we're co covert Christians and camouflage Christians, something is wrong. There's, you're, you're walking in darkness because there's darkness in you. And we need to get it out. So, you know, we're in a battle, but we need to be aware of the fact that the main conflict is happening in the spiritual realm. It's a spiritual battle first before it's ever a fleshly battle or a, or a battle between man and man and woman and woman. We looked at it Wednesday night, Ephesians 6, 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is a spiritual battle. And we should be fighting against spiritual wickedness, against unseen principalities and powers of this world system. And uh, remember, they're unseen. We can't see them. But it doesn't mean they're not there. And we've turned this conflict into a carnal, fleshly battle to the point where we hate our brothers and sisters over it. Man against man, woman against woman. We've allowed politics to come between family members, and we're at odds with uh, brothers and sisters and parents and, and siblings and children, all because of different political views. What in the world ever happened to being able to have different points of views and still get along and love one another? Why can't we do that? Why does it have to be your way or our way or their way? Or why can't we just, hey... I just have a different point of view, but I still love you, brother. I still love you, sister. I hope you love me back, but I just can't agree with you. Whatever happened to that? Whatever happened to having a disagreement, go out behind the school and punch somebody in the mouth? Whatever happened to that? Now we've got to have a gun and a knife, and we have to burn their house down, and we have to attack their businesses. What happened to just a good old fist fight behind the school? You see how far we've come? I'll be darned if I'm going to lose my relationship with a family member or somebody I love, a friend or whatever, over a stupid political view. We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't, we shouldn't give in and, and side with them if we don't agree with them either. Just because of pressure or something like that? No. I, I, I love you, but I don't agree with you, and I'm not going to. I mean, we've lost focus of who's actually causing these conflicts. Uh, it's spiritual wickedness, principalities, and evil, and darkness, and, and things in high places. It's not men and women that are causing these things. They're being used, and that's all we see. But we got to look beyond that, because until we whip this thing in the spirit, we're never going to whip it in the flesh or in the natural. You know, we... Uh, Spiritual wickedness and spirits and that, you know, we can't see it, so it, it must not be real. You know, I feel silly battling uh, a spiritual battle, you know, but you, you can't see the wind either, but it doesn't mean it's not there, does it? 
I mean, uh, Jesus said the wind listeth and, or goes wherever it wants. You don't know where it came from or where it's going, but you can sure see where it's been. I mean, just have the shingles blown off your roof a couple of times like I did. I didn't see the wind coming. I didn't see it when it left, but I seen what it left behind, bare spots on my roof. And that's the way it is with spiritual things. It's no different. Uh, spiritual forces that are out to destroy us, they can't be seen either. But you can see the results of them. You can see where they've been and who they've used. And you can see the carnage that they left behind. And you think it's all flesh. It's not. It's a spiritual thing. It's like the wind. Uh, I mean, just look around. You see the results of where they've been. You can see the negative results. You can see the aggression. You can see the intrusion in people's rights and uh, all the different attacks against God himself and the church, his people. You can see it in our society. You can see it that the conflict of deception is being used. They're doing everything possible to discredit and insult us because we're Christians or because we're conservatives. And our voices are being silenced little by little. And it's like I said before the service, you know, I even have to be careful what I say on Facebook or I could be censored or taken off of Facebook Live. And that one, there's certain people that wouldn't help right now. But I, I just got to be honest, I, I'll probably eventually be removed from Facebook because I'm going to continue speaking the truth. And if they have a problem with truth, then they're going to remove me anyway. But I'm not going to change my beliefs or change my faith or change the word of God for anybody, including Facebook or anybody else. I'll preach in the mirror if I have to, but I'm gonna tell, I have to tell the truth. Amen? So spiritual warfare in this world is evident and it's undeniable. And, and the enemy is fighting a battle using lies and deceptions against Christians for the sole purpose to prevent us from fulfilling God's will in our lives. And, and unfortunately, many people are believing those lies, including us. So we need discernment, right? I mean, he wants to fight a warfare against us, first of all, by confronting us publicly and openly. And he's trying to see if he can get to us. And, and I'm telling you, he's getting bolder and bolder every day. I mean, sin is getting bolder and bolder. And he's doing everything that he can to discredit the way we believe, our lifestyle, our conservatism, anything that he disagrees with, he's trying to get us to side with him. And we're being persecuted for our faith, ridiculed for our beliefs, uh, insulted for our conduct, and even being accused of things that we didn't do. That's all spiritual stuff that's happening. That's what he's causing people to do. And the conflict is ongoing. 24-7, 365, the devil is, is working overtime, and, and it's because he knows that his time is short. He knows. He's pulling out all the big guns. But I'm going to tell you something, God's got some bigger ones. I mean, he's even working within the church in order to confuse us, cause us to fight against each other so that he can divide us because he knows there's power in unity and he don't want us united. And he's done a good, I, I hate to give him glory and hate to give him credit, but he's done a darn good job because the church is about divided in half right now, denominationally speaking, 
were, were almost divided in half. So he succeeded in that much. But it's about to change. We can't allow him to succeed in doing that. You know, Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. But that's not saying that uh, destruction can't come from within the church. Now, he'll never annihilate the whole church, but he can sure cause a lot of trouble within the ranks. And too many of us are falling in the trap of deception. And it's because we, take, we make hasty decisions without taking the time to consult with the Holy Ghost, consult with God, and, and wait in, in earnest expectation for the answer. We jump right into something. We don't give it enough. We're too busy for that. We don't have time for that. And human nature tells us to be independent. And the only problem with that is God doesn't want us to be independent. He wants us to be dependent upon him and upon each other. This is a family, brothers and sisters. If I can't depend on you, who can I depend on besides God? He wants us to depend on one another because I don't have it all. You don't have it all. I can't do it all and neither can you. So I have to depend on you. And you should have to depend on me because I've got a part in this thing that you don't have. And you have a part in this thing that I don't have. Even though all the body parts are different, we're all one body. And, you know, the hand can't get along on its own. You cut a hand off and it's going to die. If you don't get it sewed back on, it's going to die. We can't separate ourselves. We can't cut ourselves off from the body. And we especially can't cut ourselves off from the head. Amen. But these powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness and high places and evil and darkness, we are seated far above that. If you've been paying attention on Wednesday night, we are seated in heavenly places in Christ. We're seated with him. We're above all of that stuff. But some of us don't think we are, and we get in the mud and the blood and the beer and wrestle with it, and we shouldn't. We're already higher than that. We already have authority over that junk. Let's start acting like it and walking in it. Amen. We need to stay, like I've been saying for the last five or six weeks, we need to stay on God's side no matter what. You know, whose side are you on? I ain't on neither side. I ain't a Democrat. I ain't a Republican. I'm not an independent. I'm God. And you need to get on my side. And so, you know, I learned quick. I jumped on his side. Amen. And so that's what we have to do is stay on God's side. No matter what's going on around us, no matter who's saying what, who's doing what, we stay on God's side. And we'll be on the side of truth every time. Amen. When God moves, you move. Even if it's not the direction you think he should be going, follow him. Well, I, I, I don't feel God. I, I know he's present. I know he's always with. I don't feel him. So get in the word then. He'll speak to you through the word. And there's times when I felt like he's actually nudged me to keep me from doing or saying something I shouldn't did or said. And, and I know it didn't, but it felt like that. There was times when I felt God put his arms around me and hugged me. Physically felt that. Opened my eyes, but he wasn't there. And then there's times where I went through dry places where I I didn't even think God was with me at the time. But he's always there whether you feel him or not. 
And he's always trying to take you in the right direction, whether you think he is or not. Stay on God's side. Stay in his word. Submit our lives to the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit, the greater one that's living on the inside of us. Submit to him. You know, just say, hey, I don't know the answer to this. What do you think? Hey, I don't know what to do next. I don't know if I should go left or I should go right. What do you think? And then be quiet. And he'll speak to you. It, it, you know, we would call, the world would call it a hunch. You'll get a hunch. But actually, it's that still, small voice. I don't know why, but I feel like I need to go left right now. Yeah, but that's a long way around. I, I, no, no, I know what I feel. And don't get talked out of it. Follow him. And, and you know, God will let you go the wrong way, but he will correct you sometimes. You know, when you go the wrong way sometimes, you won't know it until you actually went that way. And then you'll be going to say, oh, that ain't it. And you go back the other way. God won't let you go the wrong way if you're connected to him, if you're listening for his voice. And, you know, this is the only insurance we have against deception. I'm getting a little long. I'm going to cut it short here in a minute. But we have to say, stay sensitive to God's voice. He's not a booming voice. He's a still small voice. And we can protect ourselves from uh, future traps and entanglements and far-fetched stories. I'm telling you, it's going to be hard to get me hooked on a far-fetched story now. My discernment antennas is up. And we have to discern everything before we allow anything into our hearts. Uh, And the deceptions can be avoided if we stay in the Word, regularly pray, and constantly look to the inside, to the, to the uh, mighty one that's living inside of us. And we'll stay out of trouble, I promise you. But don't get caught up in what's going on. Don't believe everything you hear. And nowadays, only half of what you see. I don't even know if it would be safe to believe half of what you see. But uh, be careful. Discern things before you allow them into your hearts. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I pray that you, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of your calling, what the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us, word, who believe according to the working of that mighty power which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet, his body, hath put all things under his feet and made him to be the head over all things, which is the church, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And Father, we pray that the spirit of truth The spirit of discernment will be awakened in us, or or he's awake, but we will be awakened to him in us, and we will begin to look to the discerning spirit of truth that's already inside us. The greater one that's inside of us will discern the lies of the weaker one, the smaller one that's in the world. And Father, we look forward to that happening every time there's a decision to be made, every time we see something that's 
questionable, even though our heart wants to believe it and possibly even deceive us, we look to the one that's inside of us to tell us and give us the right direction. And Father, I pray that you would heal and make whole everyone that's within this, not just within the sound of my voice, but that you would heal and make whole everyone that is fighting and battling with sickness and disease, especially this stinking COVID-19 disease. Lord, you said that you've given Jesus a name that is above every name, and at that name every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Father. And so, Lord, we command COVID-19 to bow its knee because it's a name and Jesus is a greater name and we have more faith in that name than we have in the what the COVID-19 is doing in the world and to the to people in the world and especially to your people the church Lord we come against it in the name of Jesus we break its power right now and command it to loose and let go and command it to bow to the greater name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray that your will be done concerning the political environment that we're in right now, the financial environment that we're in right now, the instability of the world that we're in right now. Lord, I know that you have a master plan. I know that you see the big picture. We just see a, a small portion of it. We, we're seeing things through a glass darkly, but you see crystal clear. You see everything. You know the end from the beginning. You have the whole picture, Lord. So help us to trust in you. And we do, Lord. We trust in you. Even when it looks like darkness is all around us and above us and underneath us, Lord, we know that you have a plan that's going to be fulfilled. It may not be according to our calendar. It may not be according to our time. But we know that righteousness is going to prevail in this land, no matter whose side is on whose side, no matter what we call each other, what we call each party or whatever. It doesn't make any difference to you. We're on your side. We're not on the side of any man. We're not on the side of any organization. We're on your side, and we're going to stay right there because we know that you have... Uh, good plans for us, and plans to heal us, plans to make us whole, plans to prosper us, plans to give us a future, and you would have never told us that in Jeremiah 29, 11, unless you meant it. So we're looking forward to that right now, and we're thanking you that you are lifting up spirits this morning in this church on Facebook Live, and everybody that shares this video and, and listens to it. I pray that their spirits will be uplifted, Lord, that their heads would be lifted up and they'll walk with you side by side. And we are going to get through this thing together. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen, amen. and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God bless you guys. God bless you on Facebook Live. We'll see you Wednesday. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.